Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts, is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Hey, 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 we're back. PP1 Podcast, Ted and Ryan, and maybe Brady? Maybe Brady? Maybe Brady? We don't know. Eh, We don't know. Maybe. He's a busy guy. He is a busy guy. I mean, we're we're shaping the show around him now. He's doing all the fun stuff, and I just want to know. I just want to know, what do the Canucks look like in real life? (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's that's my only question and i feel we could drag that out for 60 possible minutes mm-hmm. if we can't get him on this week then well then we might next... as well just ask ask him how fun camp was because it might be a little bit irrelevant by that point that's true that's true it'll still um, be cool though as i'm sure it's a rad experience it's uh it's been a hot minute since i've seen your face um, yeah like yesterday we're not meeting in a an employee's uh room with darkened uh darkened shades and behind closed doors so that's good um <laughs> it's weird i feel like we're gonna have something to talk about so every funny. week yeah so um we're, we're here to talk about hockey today it's the pb1 podcast on the dean blundell network and partnered with our good friends who make great sandals over at summer skates my wife's saying hello hi hun oh. hi hun we're, we're already going we're already live we're already live i'll see you soon Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll go short. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Ted, you're doing good. Are you ready for hockey season? No, not yet. I, I, uh, I need, I need to know a little bit more clarity on what's happened with like the the Canucks bottom six. How deep pairings are shaping out? What's going on with you know the Hammonick saga? Ah, yes. Um, that was the yeah. one that wasn't in Star Wars. That was the one episode that wasn't there. Yeah, it was a really short, like, kind of just went up quickly. Yeah, so in a in a British Columbia town, a few weeks ago. Yeah, they're so, just yeah. scrolling as as like as we as got as some better to talk way. about. Yeah, as soon as that's out of the way, we're good. I, I'm 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 I am done with with seeing you know lit up goalies and AHLers and 
Nick Patan in the top six and, and Alex. I'm, I'm giving. I, I, if if that's all we have to see, and that's all that's left between now and the the start of the season, I'm I'm ready for it to just be done. It's just it's just time. Like I'm really enjoying this because I haven't invested as much time into this this season because I don't have any writing responsibilities, so I'm not having to be like not just emotionally invested, but like as a what's the word as um a responsibility i i have zero responsibility aside from this um and i'll blog on the site as well but i i don't have to blog every game i don't have to be ready the night before a meaningless preseason game where i have no idea who's going to be in the lineup i don't know who the Mm. goalies are going to be i don't know the line pairings i don't know how was it writing pregame lineups for preseason games? (sighs) how do you think like you have to create a story out of nothing before it's even nothing. So it's before it even becomes zero, you have to create zero, basically. So Sounds like fun. five or six years ago, like you're looking for like you have no idea who's playing. So you're looking online and seeing, you know, who might be in the lineup and you just write like, hey, maybe they'll look like this tonight. And you're going on a hunch almost, unless you can get some information. So it, it's pretty difficult. And especially if there's like split squad games, so you're covering like twos. Oh, you're like, yeah. like, all right, well, half the team's gonna be here, and half the team's gonna be here, and you know, the one that's televised is gonna have these guys, and the one that isn't televised is gonna have the better players. So, focus on Twitter. Don't watch the actual game, kind of thing. So, it's it's nice. I'm I'm happy to just like tune in, and if I happen to miss some stuff, it's okay. It's such a it's liberating. Yeah, we've just been busy, right? I mean, there's lots of stuff going on. I think uh, once the season turns around and we're in that mode, we're watching games every single, not every single night. In the words we're of, watching hockey basically every yeah. single night, it seems like. In the words of it's Ted a lot Wong, different. Hundy P, that's what you would Hundy say. Hundy P, buddy. Like, yeah. I, like, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think this team's going to be fun to watch this year. I really do. But like our, our football stuff has definitely taken uh, you know another step very, very quickly. Um, so like, I'm really invested in that. I love you know fantasy football in the first month of the NFL um but Canucks are my heart Canucks are my heart so you will have it undivided come next week for sure we're gonna have so much to talk about but until then we we do have a lot to talk about preseason has actually been pretty interesting there is a lot uh a lot of storylines yeah um we can finally talk about Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes being signed that happened no big deal Literally on for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. Sorry guys. So we'll we'll get into that. Um we'll probably talk about Hamannick as well. Um again, you know, basically everything that happened with that. Uh Brady had a poll question on our, our Twitter account. We'll go into a little bit of uh looks like uh, Green's decision to have like Horvat as like a third line shutdown center. I don't know if that'll necessarily happen. Yeah. Uh Jason Dickinson loving me some of that and he's going to be an absolute piss missile this year i can't wait you like like that that. i know um and a segment that has waited so long to return the return of dudes and guys dudes and guys and if anyone asked a question on twitter uh we'll answer that and if not i'll just randomly go live on instagram or something because you know i wasn't paying attention that one time so without further ado Let's get into it. I got a I got an urban dictionary piss missile here. Piss missile. I think I just like I've heard it somewhere and I thought that would be fun to say. It may not mean what it says. In sports, whether it be baseball, football, hockey, what have you, when someone crushes a homer, launches a sixty yard touchdown, 
passes are nets a goal from the blue line or a one-timer or anything that gets absolutely fucking sent. <laughs> Does it really say that? Yeah. I love it. Then yes. Except for whoever wrote this said anything that gets absolutely fucking send, which is wrong. But he means sent. Okay. So I mean, Jason Dickinson's going to get sent every night. I'm down for that. I love it. Like, what's what's not to like? I, I get excited for this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. So, Patterson and Hughes, they're signed. We're excited, obviously. Mainly because they're signed. Because they're signed. Yeah. That's no the more of this bullshit. No. No. We're done yeah. with that now. I'm happy that it's over. It's done. It's over. They're Canucks again. How do you feel? <laughs> well, I'm happy it's over. I mean, I... <laughs> It's it's funny seeing them sign for what they're signed for, thinking that it took that long to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, you know, making slightly more than than Barzell, for example, and in Pedersen's case, and in 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 Hughes's case too, right? So, uh, but both those contracts, uh, in terms of the dollar value, you know, uh, what a steal! Oh, both um, of them for sure. Yeah. That that type of money puts the Canucks in a in a in a win now scenario, which has to be over these next three years, um, because they're not going to get that money anywhere else. And with the the likelihood of them having to go out and, and re up Miller and re up Horvat and possibly re up Besser, um, it's not going to leave a lot of money, you know, come contract negotiation negotiation time for those guys. So it really does make that window immediate, right? So um having them come in at that dollar value means means no excuses right i mean you got technically a, a ton of room now in the world you 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 probably saved yourself gonna go on a limb two two maybe two and a half million three depending on how high you think these guys could have went per year each um had they done it earlier not each but had they done it earlier but you know between two and three million for these guys combined per year that they're going to be saving. So, I mean, that's money that can get allocated elsewhere. So, um, I mean, the writing's on the wall. This team is, this team is going to make an attempt at winning, if not this year, next year. Mm -hmm. Um, so lots of work has to be done. There still needs to be some, some ugliness cleared out in terms of contracts and stuff, but dollar wise, I'm going to be very clear on that dollar wise. This is an absolute steal. Yeah. I, it's funny. Like you see it happen. I saw it signed and there was tons of rumors and, not speculation, but basically like this is a done deal. This is what they're going to be signing for. And I kept looking like they actually made those two contracts happen. And I don't know what kind of hardball was played on either side because I think we all assumed even a season ago, both of those guys are going to be north of eight, maybe nine, maybe one of them will hit 10. And that it wasn't even close to that. Which, yeah, that's where that that three million dollars a year in savings comes from, right? Yeah, it's I I mean again the fact that he made that happen and it looks like they have smiles on their faces, you know, chalk that up I guess for another win for Jim Benning as far as the off season is concerned because I don't know like I don't think those deals should have happened. So the fact that he got them done that way and that again the structuring of how I guess all the money and. Um, what like Pedersen's qualifying offer needs to look like this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. I mean, slow clap for Jim Benning. I think uh, the hashtag thank you, Jim, definitely comes up in this instance. So it's going to be rocky because things are going to snowball in the coming seasons when they do have to re-up the Bessers and Horvats. But for now, for now, this season, the Canucks are locked up and we just see what happens now. Yeah, it's it's finally something we can just 
you know, move on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the hitch on that is, I mean, that we're very lucky that we didn't run into a, you know, Kirill Kaprizov situation where a massive payday was going out. So super thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, six years is a real quality term for a guy like, like Hughes, and you're going to feel good about, you know, possibly even re- re-upping him after that fact too. So um, you're feeling good about that. You probably that you've run obviously the likelihood of running into a situation where you're talking about a, a Carlson signing or something like that down the road, right? Where yeah. you're you're going to be paying for what he did, and you're going to get you know X amount of good years. OEL is kind of in the same boat, right? Um, but hey, let's like really enjoy these six years that we're going to get out of Hughes now, right? So at, at, at an incredible cost for a guy that could possibly win a Norris. And that was so, going to be my next point. Like you're about to enter the guy, like he's not even in a prime yet. No, he's not even there. He's not, he's still a, a boy. He's a baby. I mean, I love you, Quinn, but you're still a little baby boy. And little baby boy, <laughs> eight pounds, nine ounces. It's like I just imagine him in the off season getting like bird fed from his mother. That might happen. I, <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, like he's, he hasn't even challenged for a Norris trophy yet. And he's going to, and you think, wow, that's already locked in at an that's absolute steal. And exactly, yeah, that, he's a Vancouver Canuck. That's our that's our franchise defenseman, which is maybe you could argue that this this team has never had, no, like, never had. There's there's been some very good ones. Uh, we can all agree on that. But this team has never had a franchise defenseman type. Now the other signing on this one is is the the Pedersen deal. Um, you know, seven point three. What a steal. I mean, he's easily going to outperform that, in my opinion. The hitch is that it's only for three years. I mean, that is not a very long time. Yeah, so, you didn't like the whole uh, the whole bridge I, deal I, idea. I didn't. It was. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. Um, that was a given. The whole time you're holding up hope that they can come to an agreement, something similar to, to Hughes, where they're going to look at a six-year deal. But, I mean, now we're talking about a renegotiation with a, with a player who could, you know, could potentially in the best case scenario, win a scoring title. Yep. Uh, and, and now you're going to have to renegotiate a contract with him in 2020, start renegotiating a contract in 2023. I mean, uh, I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, you're going to be paying, if you don't want to pay a guy term now, you're going to be paying it to him next time. Um, and my thing with that is just like, uh, why wouldn't you want to lock up, I mean, you believe in him now. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you believe in him in a couple of years? And why wouldn't you want to lock him up to term? And why wouldn't you want to pay a little bit more now, knowing that you're going to save much more in the long run? Um, but like you said, uh, the 7.3 is a great deal. We're going to, you know, the Canucks are going to reap the rewards of having that extra space. So, you know, don't blow a gym. Can continue to do good things if that's what you're doing, right? I mean, yeah. continue to surround him with talent. We got two, three years to show him that, you know, this team is for real. This team is comp- competitive and, and, you know, you want to resign here and you feel good about being a Vancouver Canuck. And um, although it does relieve him as an, a, an unrestricted free agent, it's only one year, right? One year past that where he can pretty much decide what he wants to do with his future. And we want him to be, feel good about making the decision as a Vancouver Canuck. Right. So it sketches me out when you see, when you see teams only signing f- you know, they're, they're franchise guys for, for minimal amounts. And I've heard the argument, like, when do you ever see a good workout for eight years? But when you know, you know, and I don't think that's reserved for everybody. And just like I thought the Brock deal was great as a bridge. Yeah. This one I think could have been used as a long-term deal in my, in my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. And that's, 
I mean, we're still talking about the dollar value being an absolute steal. So it is a win. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's just a critique. I think I, I look at it too. There was one other side and I've always felt this way about like these big contracts, like Luongo's big deal or any of these like massive, you know, like, did you see this on the news? If Pedersen gets to that point after this bridge deal and he is worth 10, 11, 12 million dollars, mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay to pay a guy at that point again, because if he's worth that, he's clearly doing enough that that dollar value shouldn't even be questioned. So I always get excited about those deals for some reason. I don't know. The little kid in me is just like, ooh, look at the shiny manis. Uh, for some reason, it just, if, if he gets to that point, it really doesn't matter. If you have to pay the guy $12 million at that point, you're going to find a way to sign him for $12 million because at that point... Because he's your guy. He, he is. And if you've already... Basically, this is going to be... This is probably a team-friendly deal. And then the next one will probably be a player-friendly deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying and I agree with you. That's going to have to be the route that they're walking now, right? They're on that road now. Yeah. Where if he's worth the money in three years, then they're going to pay him the money in three years. I did, the prove um, it thing still sucks. Definitely, like don't get me wrong. He should be yeah, getting I mean, all that right now for sure. If you think he's your guy now, though, like why not just pay him now? I mean, can't. I guess because I, I can. Mean, yeah, that's the thing. I think he could have found ways to make that dollar value. Well, we talked about all that. the ways, right? We talked about what you could do, like a Tanner Pearson, and maybe you elevate somebody else. And, you know, hopefully you've got some found money somewhere in your roster. In this case, I guess they don't. So whatever. But anyway, we're yeah, all excited. That's, Congre- that's the lone critique. And at the end of the day, those boys are signed. So thank goodness for that. They're going to be in a preseason game. And that's all that we care about. Travis Hamanick. We all thought he was going to opt out after what we're hearing is that he's still anti-vax. I'm just, we've had this discussion. <laughs> that was a heavy eye roll. Yeah, it's, well, I don't know even know why we're talking about it, but we have to because it is part of what we're going on. Like, no one's even talking about Michael Furland. I wonder what that would have been like. Is he anti-vax or, you know, where where does he sit? I would like to know, even on him, if, you know, he took a physical, like, yeah, I'm vaccinated, whatever. Yeah, let's just hope he's doing okay, right? Yeah, but you, I, it just... I just don't get it. And I will say this every single week. Like, it just it doesn't make sense. You have such an opportunity. And yes, maybe there is some kind of a family decision going on there. And all the respect to that. But it just, there's just too much that seems like it is out there already that just, just feels odd. It just feels like, like he's not going to opt out. So he says he wants to play. Well, you're only one of a handful of teams in the league that have to go both ways, and you're playing more games over the border than you're not. Whereas the other way around, you might play eight total games in Canada, nine total games in Canada all year if you're an American team. So, like, there's a lot on your plate. So, are you willing to? Again, it's a teammate thing too. Like, there's there's all that, but it is it's still an interesting thing because we haven't heard a lick of information since last Friday when they had to opt out or not. Yeah, I mean, we still don't know what's going on. With not a clue. I mean, not a I, clue. I don't know. I'm just I'm just over it. It's unrelated to hockey, right? I mean, he's making a decision outside of hockey that affects hockey. So until he figures what he figures out he figures out what he's doing in his own life with mm. his with his own stuff, with important things that are decisions that are made to to family and 
health and all of those things, in addition to all of these other things that we're all being mandated to make. Sure. Um, you know, figure out what you're going to do and then decide whether or not you're going to be a Vancouver Canuck or not. Because until you're locked in as a Canuck and by being locked in as a, as a, as a Canuck, it means everything else as well. Mm-hmm. Then it's just your, he doesn't move the needle enough for me to care. Exactly. Like if this was, I guess you would have to, like, do you elevate it? If this was, let's just say this was Elias Patterson, then what? Yeah, I mean, then I'm invested more and I care more, but it doesn't change my out, doesn't change my opinion, right? I mean, yeah. make the decision so that we can all move on to the next step, please. Yeah, you're a grown up. You can figure this out. You had a time frame. You needed to decide. You're not more special than the game. You're again, you're a human being. You're entitled that, but at the same time, there are you know there is structures to this or confines or whatever you want to call it. There is that, and you do have to follow those rules because they still have to get this business going as a league. And all the teams have to follow these guidelines. And we've heard other players that have either opted out or are staying in and they've made decisions that, A, they're going to hang hang back. And again, we've talked about that. But one way or another, say what you're going to do. Like, let's get this figured out. Yeah. But what, is, what, did, what did mom always say when, when you were a kid, right? Um, stop Should eating. Should get off the oh, pot. Oh, yeah. It's true. I'm just one of those people that it takes a little time. Sometimes it takes me a bit longer. You're the man in the house. You pay a mortgage. You're allowed to sit on the toilet. It's all good. I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Um, I was watching the, I think it was during the intermission on Sunday, and they had Petey and Hughes, uh, Murph had them for an interview there. And I'm listening to both of these guys talk. And this is nothing new. But I'm so happy that a guy like Quinn Hughes is exciting on the ice because he's about as exciting as sand in real life. He is so boring. And I just, I'm watching, I'm thinking, oh man, I can't wait till you put on a jersey because this is unbearable. Just, like, I know you're our franchise defenseman and the guy beside you is our franchise center. Give us something. Like, I don't know. Like, something funny. Something, just break the ice. Don't, like, it was so, so boring. And, all I could think of, that was the only thought. I cannot wait till these guys play because I can't stand this interview. It's so, so dead. So It's crazy how they can be such savants on the ice and then and then just seem so awkward and uncomfortable in front of the camera, right? I mean, it really is just foreign to them. But, I mean, that was kind of the always the funny thing or the fun thing about Pedersen was, like, especially in that first year, was mm-hmm. it kind of a dick? But at least be right? that. But it was great. It right? was. Like, it was... So these, both those guys have really embraced like their inner hockey player when it comes to interviews. So it's very, uh, <laughs> it's very, uh, you know, 110%, 60 minutes at a time. Yeah. Shift, that kind of thing. Right? Like North it's, South. Yeah. it's very, it's very blah, blah, blah. But I mean, oh, just, that's just, that's just hockey players in general. Right. There's so few and far between when you, you find somebody who's a really exciting interview. Right. That's why we all glom onto a guy like BX who just was really, you know, is a hilarious guy and is is willing to be in, and is engaging, right? Well, I think like Pedersen is pretty interesting. Like he's had some pretty oh, yeah, good interviews, like sure. the Google Me kind of thing, or like he's had some moments. He released his hype video for the season, the, the death stare when he was told he's skinny. Yeah, yeah, and you're just you're frightened. But just Quinn Hughes, like again, you're a magician on the ice. You really are. 
But <laughs> holy smokes, I just... I mean, the game was Goddamn awful, Goddamn wizard. Yeah, the game was just, awful, just too. Just unloading so. fucking piss missiles from the half circle. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of piss missiles, we're not going to get into the guy um, that I was saying, but uh, check this out from the game. Did you see the game on Sunday? I know it was during the football game, too, but did you see this? Check I this, did not. Check this yeah. clip out. Look at this. Holy smoke. We could be seeing a very rare and extinct species of Danglosaurus Rex. Oh, nasty. Like, I was watching that in real time. Like, what are you doing? What are you? <laughs> and then he pulls it. I'm like, and the whole crowd's going nuts. I'm like, he didn't score. That was like, it was, it was in that stratosphere of the Beret debut game. Like of what no, he did. No, no. It, it's it's in that level. I think so. No. Sure. Right. He dangled through the oh, entire boy. team, didn't score. No, he, he sat there from the wall and he like shaked a dude. He shook a few dudes. Should we watch he it again? He didn't he didn't yeah, watch the game. Okay, it. let's go again. Let's dissect this. So you go whoop. He's on the wall, shakes a dude. Another again, and then the goalie. That's half the team. Okay. That's half Ryan, the team. That is not Pavel Bury. I said in the. I didn't say it was. I said it's in the stratosphere. No, it's not even the stratosphere. We're talking about Pav opening shift gets the puck, wheels, beats like three guys before you see that he's already the fastest skater in the league and almost scores. I'm going to disagree with you for the sake of this show, <laughs> and I love Pavel Bure. I don't have the clip to go back to back on it. So, well, if you're going to make a, if you're going to make a big comment like that, he's also that Russian. Like that, that's like that time that you tried to tell Dixon Ward that Mario Lemieux was. Wayne Gretzky was arguably the best player <laughs> in the NHL. <laughs> well, there's a few guys that are pretty good. Yeah, I got owned pretty good. But he, like, he I, looks good. I think and up until that point, right? I mean, he looked very pedestrian. He looked very average, right? So that game was like a bit of a coming out of sorts for him too. So it was really good to see. I think he's – there's no doubt he's going to make this team, mm -hmm. right? It's just whether he's going to fit in on – a fourth line or he's going to fit somewhere into the bottom six or the top six, right? Not maybe not top six, maybe, maybe top nine. How do you compare him to like uh Huglander from, you know, a season ago? Like their, their, their they're entry. Just so just different. Yeah. They're just so different. I mean, uh, I think if, if, if we get into a, a position where he's logging minutes that are similar to Hoaglander, then right. I think we'll be in, in pretty good shape. Okay. Um, but we very could very well could see an, an entry into the NHL similar to what we saw with Bo, where he was centering a fourth line and um, really cutting his teeth, playing with some veterans and things like that. And ultimately, he was a cream rises to the top guy. And I think Pods is going to eventually be that guy. Yeah. Um, but his, his, uh, his baptism into the NHL, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be as quick as Hoaglander was. I think he was just a little more set offensively than, than Pug Colson was. And probably a different style player too. Like I'll give you that. Is so much more of a complete game. I would love to see him pair up with Dickinson and, yeah. and whoever else, you know, on that line. I mean, for him to learn, continue to learn def def defensive side of the game from a guy like Dickinson or from a guy like Pearson or, or even if he gets stuck on a fourth line, I think that's going to be okay. But you're going to be excited for ultimately when he's, he's going to play. Ice. Yeah, yeah, because we're going to see things like that. Normally, when we see guys play on the fourth line, Ryan Reeves, Bo was Bo was a lot like this too, right? Normally, we see guys on this fourth line; they're just like 
Crash, bang, 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 hustle, get the puck deep, get a face off, get the other line on, right? Tyler but we're going to see, yeah, the same idea, Tyler Mott, right? But we're going to see something like when, and Horvat was like this too, when he first broke into the league, you'd see him dangle a guy. You'd mm-hmm. see him try to toe drag a dude. And and you'll see all of those things from Puck Colson. But addition to that, every once in a while, you'll see a flare like what you saw in Seattle where he's going to, he's going to dangle a guy and try to go to the net and try to score because he's got those chops. Right? Very Burry-esque, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> i'm here i'm here I'm, I'm, I'm here you're, for a long time yeah. yeah um so we had our poll question uh on the first the first of october i can't believe we're already here what do you think or who do you think will have the biggest positive impact on the canucks this season we got uh we got a decent amount of votes connor garland oel pod colson or jack rathbone and oel took it by just what do we got eight percent nine percent but over Connor Gar- Garland, um, how how has OEL out of almost out of nowhere become like the guy that everyone said he wasn't going to be? And now again, I know this is preseason, but it's like everyone was just crapping all over. Oh, we got another six years of a guy that's kind of washed up, but we'll get some of this. Blah blah blah. And again, I know it's preseason, but what we have seen and how he's controlled the play how he's controlled the puck, and how he's created offensive chances. I mean, I like what he's bringing already with the the matchups that he's had with the pairings that he's been on. I mean, should we be you know as excited as we probably should have been of the normal OEL? Like, did him moving cities, like the guy we will not name um, from the team that he left, um, will we get the same kind of impact that... Uh, a certain number 21 that seems to be making in Arizona right now. Well, I mean, if preseason is everything you're going to bet your farm on, then 21 is out there leading his team and scoring in the preseason. Yeah. um, I just don't think you can read too much into the preseason. That Mm -hmm. being said, like who, who did we think that OEL was? I mean, the guy is a, he's a top, pairing defenseman or, or if not then he's at the very least a very 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 strong top four defenseman yeah he's a legitimate respected nhl defender who's had a tough go of it in arizona for the last little bit right and we know better than anybody that a trade can can rejuvenate you a little bit i mean look at tanner pearson in his last few years coming over from i LA. can't even remember where it was that he came over no last he left night. from la and went somewhere else oh um, and then came here yeah, but I'll but that it. same idea right i mean mm-hmm. Where anybody who thought OEL was going to be just a dog shit defenseman is is out to lunch or just just doesn't know. He's had some tough years, some regression years in hockey. But part of everything that 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 pisses people off about OEL or or brings those expectations to a head where they're going to say he's going to be garbage is they're going to be garbage compared to what his contract status is, right? Pittsburgh. So he, he Pittsburgh. So he hasn't played up to his contract status the last couple of years. But we're not also paying him his full contract status. And it's it's still a lot of money that we're paying. And probably more than I'd like. And I've been pretty vocal about that in the past and how long this contract is and how long-term is on an aging defenseman and all this stuff. But for the next three years, and we talked about the next three years with the the Pedersen thing and the, the re-upping of the contract and that Bo and that Brock and, and, and others all are going to have to be, Miller, are all going to have to be re-upped, that we're going to need somebody to make a push and we're going to need somebody to to win now and he's going to have to be part of that scenario and he is a very good NHL defenseman 
who hopefully can start playing what his contract value is worth again. He's probably not going to play what his full contract value was worth when it was in Arizona, but we're paying a deducted level. We just need him to be at that deducted level and then we'll be in a good shape with him. And anybody who's surprised that OEL is a good defenseman right now, the, the poll, obviously Twitter knows that the poll was right. The people who voted OEL is going to have the biggest impact is they're right. He's going to I a hundred percent agree with them. It's just Our listeners know what's up. Yeah, they do. It's just funny because when that trade was made, I mean, even a year ago, Obviously, all this, the, you know, the analytics guys, oh, he's, you know, he's absolute shit as far as analytics go. And yeah, he, he was. He was on a team that clearly wasn't helping anybody out. And there's a lot of guys that need, you know, a fresh start. Even guys like, I mean, look at a guy like James Neal when he goes over to Vegas, all of a sudden just absolutely shreds it, right? Like you yeah. don't, you don't know when that switch is going to get flipped and you're going to get the second part of a guy's career. I mean, hey. Martin St. Louis is a great example. Martin St. Louis was almost out of the NHL. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? Right. Yeah. In cap, I mean, like he was kind of written. I mean, again, not he wasn't a star when so, he came somebody over. Somebody gave but, him a chance though, and he and he popped. And you don't know what you're gonna have for sure. And but he's and I, he's being given a chance in Vancouver again. He's got the status already, but it's almost like a, I I feel he's probably been written off to a certain extent on, yeah. around. And the Canucks are like, no, we can still make this happen. And maybe he does turn it around of you know the game where he probably should be, and then he keeps going up. Like who knows? Yeah. And you know what? And this wasn't a freebie. Like the Canucks paid for this. Oh, right? absolutely. They were there. They're expecting him to to perform, and they're expecting him to be as advertised and and to be the OEL that the league knows over the not over the last season or two, but the one that was out there prior to that that was was given this contract that he earned. Yep, exactly. Um, let's have a little bit of fun. I'm just, I look fun. Look I'm fun. I'm just turning the sound down for this. Uh, let's bring it back. Let's bring back dudes and guys. Dude, what is my set? You guys! Dude! What does mine say? Guys! 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 Wow. That was good. Well done, Brady. <laughs> well freaking done. Well that, freaking done. I like it. That was a piss missile kind of a song, kind of an intro to Dudes and Guys. It's back. It's back. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm stoked, yeah. Like, we haven't done this in forever. We've got our own. It's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. So do we go Do we go guys first? Do we go dudes first? What do you think? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, do, let's do guys first. Guys first, okay. So... I'd say there was a lot of games over this past week, so you could probably pull a guy from a game or whatever that you want. Yeah, I would say, oh man, like I guess Ole Ulevi really hasn't been much. Um, I don't know. I, I I was more prepared on the, you know, the dude side. I was really all in on the dude side, but um, I don't know. Tanner Pearson hasn't exactly like been exciting quite yet. Um, 
I mean, really, Travis Hamannick should be our guy. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen a whole lot. Like Tanner Pearson's been – well, I mean, he don't get me wrong. He Him and Bo had a pretty good game against, uh, I think it was Calgary. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of want those guys to be the stars for the whole preseason. You know, like those – all the middle six. You know what your stars are going to do for you. You know Bo's going to – Bo's ready to go every single game, period. He's ready to rock and roll. But I'm going to, yeah, I mean, even though he had, like you said, the the kind of give and goes, and he got a little bit lucky on the, I think, his little pop-in goal there, right place at the right time. But I don't know. Maybe I just hold everybody on this team to way too high of a standard. So okay. for the yeah. sake of this this inaugural, and I'm getting, you know, I'm a little rusty. So I'm going to go Tanner Pearson as my guy, even though he may not be warranted, but. I'm gonna call him that. Yeah, I think he had like a, I think he had like a goal and an assist. In- he did. Yeah, the the two games yeah. ago, the whole team sucked last game. But mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, uh, he right now he's the veteran guy out there. So if you're gonna look for a guy that has to move a needle, it probably has to be a guy like Pearson. When, pardon me, he's like one of only seven or eight vets dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not going to argue. It's the preseason, right? Yeah. Like, I'm a little rusty. Maybe it's not warranted. I mean, two points. Table flip. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if I do that, then our I'm show I'm not going to take a big dump on your guy. It's all good. I appreciate that. No Cleveland steamers um, on this show. <laughs> I'll, uh, this, this might be an odd one because this is a guy who has also put up a couple of points. But I, I'm going to say that my guy is, is Nick Patan. Uh, I know people are loving Nick Patan right now. I mean, he's been a bit of uh, people talking about him on Twitter and they like what he's doing on offense. But to me, we're talking about a guy who's playing with really nice top six players every single game. He's getting cherry, cherry prime power play opportunities. Um, you know, he's he's been asked to, to, to lead up in an offensive role and he's put up a couple of points. But I feel like, Anybody who has the chops to play on the top six to be putting up points like that. And if you're gifted that much opportunity, I'd like to see a little bit more. Like you're in here as a free agent. You're strictly known as a skill guy. You're not a dude who plays in the bottom six. I want you really establishing yourself as a player who is supposed to be putting up points in this cherry position because just about anybody is going to be able to do that if they have some skill as an offensive player. Um, and I really think that he's taken, he's now taken time away from a guy like Jonah Gadjevich. He's now been sent down placed on waivers uh you know guy not necessarily specifically from Gadjevich, but guys like that so i don't think nick patan is the solution to finding an offensive spot in this top six um and i'm a little bit annoyed that that much opportunity has been gifted to him yeah uh and i don't think he did that much with it i think he put up some points but he were expecting him to put up a couple of points but he hasn't looked he hasn't looked anything other than like a passenger on that line, in my opinion. So, and here's another thing. So here's another thing too. Like, look who they've played so far. Like, if you're looking to impress your coaches in a training camp in a preseason like this, like who have they played? Like mm. this is this is a pretty easy preseason. You get a couple yep. against a Seattle team that looks like they're almost dressing their opening night roster almost every night. Mm-hmm. And you know you get a little bit of Calgary, you get a little bit of Edmonton. You're not really seeing McDavid. I mean, yeah, I mean that's you know that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for these guys to establish themselves because this isn't anything. I'm not looking for I'm not looking for a five one win over Calgary. You know what I mean? 
I'm just looking for you to establish yourself in a role that you're being that you're auditioning for, and I'm, I haven't seen that. Totally, no. That that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're given as as you're saying, if you're given the opportunity, like, look who you're playing against. You got to make something yeah. of that. In the words of Alex Burroughs, do something out there. You know, shoot the puck, win the turd, win anything. Yeah, go win the turd. Yeah. So yeah, I just haven't seen enough. It's like I'm. <laughs> I think that's the hard part. Like sometimes these guys are like, I got to pick someone and you know, we're going to, we're going to fill that spot. We're going to fill that spot because we have to, like you got to draft a kicker. You got to have a defense. Like, all right, I guess put you <laughs> yeah, in We there. fixed that. We don't even have kickers in early. Hey, see, we're learning. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with my dude. He's in our rundown. So, you know, I'm picking him. The piss missile himself, Jason Dickinson. From what I have seen from this guy, he's a lot of fun. Against Seattle, goes and kind of crashes into the net, runs over the goalie, yeah, accidentally on purpose. He knew he was jawing a little way. He looks like he he has that, like the Antoine Roussel, the Alex Burrows. But again, he, I think he's going to bring a little bit more to that position than in a different way than definitely uh, Antoine Roussel. But you know, I I like him. Just kind of watching how he plays and. And what he's bringing to to the game right now, like again, hasn't lit the world on fire, but man, like there's that spark there, and he's knowing be a popular guy, yeah, like knowing what he will bring and who they're gonna play against, like those games against Calgary are gonna be intense. Those games against Vegas are gonna be intense. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. But he he does it in a respectful way too. Like you have to hate the guy because he's playing it. He he's gritty. You know? Yeah, he's just a. You can tell he's a real, just a real tough guy to play against, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a lot like Antoine Roussel, but without the antics, right? I mean, we're not gonna have. You just don't. You don't see a Reeves coming over a blue line to to beat the tar out of him because he's running around too much, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's just he's a real abrasive guy who's gonna lean on you every single shift and he's gonna push it to the limit. And, you know, it, and it's going to break, like, he got a high stick. Probably still say good good play out there yeah. or something like that, you know? He got jobbed on a uh, a double minor against Seattle. I was watching. He, he I can't remember who he hit. And he had one hand on his stick. And just, like, the collision, he wasn't able to control his stick 100%. Hit the guy in the face. He's spitting out a little bit of blood. Like, you know, the, the really awful call that you see. Like, oh, technically there's blood. So that's four minutes. Like, they even looked at the replay. And they finally like, yeah, it's four minutes. And he's looking, he's like, really? And I mean, it was a penalty. Don't get me wrong. It was a high stick. He kept it. You know, he didn't, you know, didn't hold on to his stick 100%. And it happens. I mean, it's not the greatest penalty, but it is a penalty in in the book. Gotta have control your stick. But the four minutes, I'm like, yeah, I've I've seen worse. I've seen worse that, you know, that that gets called less. So anyway, I'm excited. I I think he's going to be one of those guys. I don't know if he's going to be my boy yet. But he's getting close. He might be. He might. It's just you in a Dickinson jersey. Yet. He's going to be a crowd favorite. I mean, BC Lions can really max out on that. Maybe bring back some Dave Dickinson jerseys. Just yeah, cross him, promote him out there and some some baby Dave with his like little water skeeter legs. Yeah. Now yeah. look how fast Dickinson's running. He's actually yeah. not running that fast. His legs are just moving really yeah. fast. Like, he's so short. Like Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Speedy Gonzalez. Almost. There you go. There you go. Who do you got? Uh, my guy, because this Calgary game was something else for me, man. Like, God, I gotta, I gotta hand it to Erica Branson. 
Ooh. Another 17 minutes in penalties. I, he continues to find work in the NHL. Uh, he's not my guy, but I just thought it'd be funny to bring him up. You just wanted um, to go there. Yeah, my 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 guy was was Nils Hoglander. Mm. I mean, he I think he's already in midseason form. He's running around on there like a buzzsaw. He's trying his best to take over games already. Yeah. Every time I see them out there, every time I see him out there, pucks on his stick. They're in control. I mean, he's dangling guys already. Mm-hmm. He himself is a tough guy to play against. I mean, he's when he's down low in the corner, he's got is a fire hydrant, man. Like, I think he it's possible that he got even stronger in the offseason. So I'm excited to see what what Nils Hoglander can do this year. I think he's been phenomenal in the preseason already. I think he's solidified him spot himself an important spot on this roster. We don't know how exactly how much of a role he's going to take from an offensive standpoint. Uh, but I think if it doesn't happen right away, he's going to force himself in at this spot. Um, yeah, and I'm looking, I'm looking for 20 goals from Nils this year, uh, just just based on the way that I've seen him play the last couple of games. The guy is he's fun to watch already. Uh, and if you're not off, you know, if you're not off your off your seat and and up for for Nils Logan when he's in there doing his thing, then man, maybe you're just a little bit sleepy watching the game. But that guy is, I mean, he looks like he's better already this year. He's just a guy. And I, I think most of us appreciate someone that works hard. Might not be the best player, but they work hard. Well, when you guy have guys that can actually score, and you have guys that can play make and they work hard, I mean, that's that's the package you want right there. Yeah. If he hits the Ryan Kessler oh. school of thought and, and spends his days shooting 400 pucks a day, before and, he comes back to the preseason, if his shot is on as good as his as his down low and his in close moves are, and he's kind of oh, chippy too, well, like he's a little shithead. I love it. Like it's, I I just it's all those little things. Like you build all those things up, and that's a lot of fun to watch. It really is. I mean, he was fun last year. You know, didn't didn't hit quite a stride where he you know got you know rookie of the year kind of voting. But oh, we're we're in a good spot right now with these Canucks and. You know, whether it's Pod Colson or, or Hoglander or maybe we see the next tier of Quinn Hughes and uh, and Petey. I'm just jacked. I mean, I look at a guy, he's not going to be ready necessarily for opening puck drop, but Brock Besser, like, I, I want to see what he's going to be able to do this season. There's there's just, there's enough storylines going on. There's enough talent on this team. They just need to put it together, which is going to yeah, be Yeah, I think... I think they're gonna they're gonna compete for a playoff spot, right? That's that wasn't a really an option last year, and it and it turned into an option the year before that. And we can kind of get back to having some fun, right? I mean, if this just if they can just stay in the fight all the way up until the playoffs and sneak in this in a seven game series when you got this kind of talent on a roster, I mean, anything can happen. There's some holes that need to be filled out. There's some whether it's internally or the Canucks make another play to fill a roster spot for a guy like well, Hamannick is a big one. Yep. Yeah. Or if, if they're looking at, you know, beefing up their bottom six a little bit more, I mean, uh, you know, we'll see. It's a weaker division. I think when all said and done and we're not looking at preseason games, we see some real rosters come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this team will be fun, right? It's got some fun characters on it again. I think, winning or losing is it, it it seems like a bunch of guys that are going to be out there with max effort and they're going to be in games they're going to be competitive in games and and that's what we want to see again right two questions for you two final questions for you one Coland 
was placed on waivers today. Yeah. Where do you think he ends up? Question number one. I don't know. If I'm Vancouver, I think I've invested all this time. And if you can just have him back for free, I would I would take another shot at Colin. Where do I think he's going to end up? I don't think if... I think maybe... Calgary. Buffalo. It's oh. possible Buffalo takes a shot at him. I think Buffalo took... I can't remember who they just took off waivers. Shoot. It wasn't somebody with a ton of credentials. Um, I haven't maybe, been paying attention to the waiver. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can't remember who it was. Maybe somebody le- with maybe less so than than a guy less less pedigree than a guy like Cole Lind. I mean, maybe maybe if I'm Buffalo, I'm looking at anybody who has some sort of pedigree, and I'm looking at scooping them up and putting them on my roster and and getting them in there. But if I'm Vancouver, I would look at taking a shot at Cole Lind for sure. Hmm. So that would be a guy. Um, but I really don't like the idea of of Jonah Gadjevich being placed on. On waivers, I it just seemed I, early, you know. I almost could have named him, you know. I think one more strong preseason game out of Gadjevich could have named him a guy this week. Yeah, I don't think he's been afforded the correct opportunity to try to showcase his game to show how much he's improved based on the weight loss. He looks so much faster out there, and he still looks like he's strong in a, as an ox. And he's he's a legitimate force down low and in front of the net too, right? I mean, he's also a guy that that has some pedigree himself you know, scored an incredible clip in the AHL. He would have been a great guy to go down there if he manages to pass through waivers. I don't know if he's going to, but he's also a guy that that has killed penalties in the past this in junior and for the world juniors. And if you think that that's a guy that you could have groomed, I think we could have missed the boat on that. And I'll be real upset if he gets claimed. Yeah. it. He's a tough guy because I, I do think they probably could have given... I know cuts are going to be coming pretty quick because the season does start next week. But you probably could have given at least one more game unless they had to yeah. make cuts. And is he a guy you have to cut right now? Give him a chance to show he belongs there. Yeah. Come on, you know. Now, he has to clear to go down. Does he have to clear to come up? Uh, I That I don't know. Yeah. So I, I would assume that once he makes the call up, he's good. Yeah. But it's just getting down there. I, yeah. I don't know. And for Cole in, like that was like an old thing. That was like back when they had like Wade Flaherty on the roster. Right? They couldn't uh, yes. call Flaherty up because they didn't want him to get claimed. Yeah. But I think that rule got changed. So it's it's just a call up, I believe. That's the problem. Gotcha. Uh, the, gotcha. Or the, the sorry, the call down, down yeah. is the problem. Yeah. Unless there's some weird thing with his contract that you're talking about. I don't know. Well, that's it and it doesn't sound like it. Everywhere that I've kind of read, it doesn't sound like that that was the issue. So yeah, especially if, if a guy like Highmore makes the team. I like Highmore, and I at this stage when you're a fourth liner, a third liner, it's the more you can do. And and ultimately, Highmore's a rambunctious guy, and he can kill penalties. He doesn't have nearly the potential that a Gadjevich does. So, but they're going with the safe shame. thing, maybe. Maybe they're just going on that safe that safe bet. I know it's I know it's safe, but come on. Well, I think Benny's got to be safe. He's got to have all of his all of his ducks in a row. He probably. Every decision he's going to make this year is going to be, do I keep my job? Yeah, and it might not be his to make. I don't know. Could but be it, a green thing. Yeah, this. maybe. And maybe it is. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Final question. Pedersen and Hughes were at practice, mm-hmm. and they were working on the power play. Mm-hmm. Pedersen was clapping them from, as they call the Petter zone. That's great. I'm very excited. Good for you. You can do it in practice. What is their power play? going to look like this season is it going to be not is it going to be productive because it will be productive i think they have one of the better um 
uh, better closing rates in the NHL. At the same time, are they going to have anything that is going to look impressive? Like, are they actually yeah. going to move the puck finally? Are they going to keep it dynamic, or is it just going to be the same? Get it to the point. Get it back to Patterson. Get it to this side. Get it to best. Like, is it going to be predictable again where they're not going to use their bumper guy almost at all? They're not going to use the guy down low. They're just going to do that tree, and then hopefully it works out. Like, what's going to happen I, there? What's your thoughts? I don't. I don't know enough about the power play coach. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough, but that being said, all they've done is add pieces to their power play. Now, you know, they've, they've, they've added Karna Garland. They've added OEL. You now have a guy like Tyler Myers who can spend time on the power play. He's shown in the past that he spent some time on the power play that you can put in there, whatever role you need to. There's so many forwards on this team that could play the power play that you could literally have a guy playing the point on the power play forward playing in the point on the power play so it's it's very possible that we end up seeing i, I think i just read something earlier that it's possible Bo ends up as a second unit power play guy but i think it begins and ends with petterson oh right? yeah it, it it begins and ends with petterson and then and then brock is just this like piece who can float up and down and literally be dangerous all on his own if he can just get the puck with some time and some space absolutely and and if you have a guy like if you have a guy like Hughes distributing on the first unit and you have a guy like OEL distributing on the second unit, then it, it almost doesn't matter. Right. I mean, there, there shouldn't be a lot of excuses there for them to put, put pucks away and put points away. And this should be a really dangerous team on the power play and they need to, to design and structure it as such. And it might not be a, a case or a situation where they're like, you're going to run this way and do it do it this way and have the, the puck go to this person as a shooter every game. It might just be like, what does our personnel look like? What are the, how should we be changing it? How can we be adapting it to their strengths so that we can make Garland a shooter this time? Maybe we make Garland distributor down low. Maybe it's a bumper guy. Maybe we're taking shots from the point with the OEL. Yeah. Maybe we're having Hugh sneak in. Maybe it's the Pedersen bomb from the Petter zone. Like it should be a design power play based on your, on your strengths and weaknesses and their strengths or weaknesses are going to be as such changed around depending on how they format these units from game to game. And that's kind of the thing that I like about it because any given game, you can switch out two, three pieces and it'd be completely different and both units are going to stay strong. So I'm kind of excited. I mean, it kind of is an understatement. I'm really excited for what the power play could do this year. I, I'm just, um, and I say this, I'll say this every episode because until it does change, I just want to see the movement because the the personnel on both units, I think, are quite impressive. It's how do they use them? How does that actually get executed? Because if it does go back to that same umbrella style where it's so predictable, like you know it's going to go to Patterson, but I also want to know that they can use the guy down low. I don't want it to be the predictable unit like Ovechkin or Stamkos. The thing is, they've also got a second guy, and they also score. This team... They can get it to Pedersen every single time, but it's not a guarantee they're going to score a goal. They have to be more creative around the net. They have to be creative down low and then up high. They have to use all five guys instead of rely on three because I find when it was working right early on when they started getting PD on the power play, when it was working, they were moving the puck a lot and you just couldn't touch Pedersen at that point because you had to respect all the other options. And that's what I want to know. Because the personnel's there. I, I, I agree 110%. But how do they execute it? 
because their execution in the last two years has been dismal. Yeah, I I, I agree. And they still and, score, and, and which drives me crazy. It's just like in football, right? I mean, your running game opens up your passing game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when your running game strong, it opens up play action, which keeps them, you know, people bite. And then it's all about the passing game. And then if they're they're rushing you on the passing game, then it opens up screen passes, all this stuff. Right. So right. they definitely they can't pigeonhole, pigeonhole themselves into a corner. And if they get stuck doing that, then it's just going to it's going it to I won't think it will fall apart, but it can't it won't be as successful as you as it could be. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating because, I mean, our our namesake this show is based on on that and there is so much to talk about but they have to produce on it and they have to make it worthwhile because they can be they can be one of the elite power play units in the NHL and that's going to obviously lead to more goals which leads to wins you know playoff standing points but they need to do some about it that being said we've had way too much fun already two man show it sucks we couldn't get Brady in um work in school or more so school um has kind of uh grabbed b for this week um but we'll get him in I, i'm i'm chomping at the bit i got a ton of questions to ask this guy like what's it like what's it like being back in a canucks game what's it like to be bob's son like i want to know he's he's royalty in canada so you know it's just how it is you're still on mute um any final words sir uh, I think just like you, man, I'm just excited for this, this season to get going. And it's a great time of year. Uh, like the weather sucks, but the, it's a great time of year if if you're a sports fan, right? I mean, we get college football. We got NFL football. NASCAR. T- t- yeah, that is a thing that people like. No, somewhere. I was just kidding. You don't have to follow NASCAR. Um, I mean, hockey's about to get going, right? Turkey Day's coming. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The stout, the stout beers, and the porters are out. Squid Game, yeah. What a time to be alive! Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm rolling through that right now. I'm halfway through the third. Episode. Are you, wa- are you watching that as we're podcasting? I, I, I was, and I had to stop it. I was like, oh, maybe we could just go later. And then you were like, oh, it looks like we're gonna go around eight thirty. So I was like, ah, oh. man, you're killing me here, buddy. You're killing so me. I'm, I'm in the second game, and they've just got to the place. Finish, um, finish Breaking Bad, please. I'm working on it. I gotta, we got to get there. I, you and me. I break up, break up. I'm, I'm like, I'm like six episodes from the end. I'm just savoring. focus, focus. You've heard that yeah. before from other people, and I'm not going to name names, but focus, focus. Eyes on the yeah, prize. I, I can't even remember who told me to focus. Wow, well, uh, this is a family show, so just focus. Eyes on the prize. Oh boy, it's, it's not the other show, so maybe we'll keep it at that. Um, this has been a lot of fun. PP1 Podcast, Dean Blundell Network. Like and subscribe. Like, please, please like and subscribe. Follow us. Come. Did you guys see the hoodie? Come check out. We got a mint hoodie. It is mint. Not just not just in, in fabulousness. In color as well. Mint in color. Mint in color. It's amazing. You got to hit me up for that. Um, there you go. On behalf of Ted and Brady, who is not here, but is here in spirit, I'm Ryan. This is the PP1 Podcast. We are on the Dean Blundell Network. We're proud to be here. Have a wonderful, wonderful turkey day, everybody. We'll see you next week with real Canucks hockey. Peace out. It's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two Podcast and DB2Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Friday's. 
Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. Hey guys, it's Dean Blundell here. Check out my show Monday through Friday at DeanBlundell.com. We stream live daily at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, I'm joined by Lachlan Cross and a collection of guests to discuss tough topics mainstream media doesn't want to touch. And if you can't join us live, just download the podcast on your time. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at DeanBlundell.com.